Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14. And we're going to read the first 17 verses in order to get the context of this particular portion of Scripture. Context is really important. We agree on that, yes? Yes. Excellent. So let's read, and I'm reading from the NLT. John chapter 1, sorry, 14, verse 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so... Would I not have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. I love Thomas's response. He says, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told them, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognise him. But you know him because he lives in you, uh, you now and later will be with you. Most of the I am's are found off the back end of a miracle. This is the exception to the rule. The context of this I am statement is found around the Last Supper. And Jesus had just washed the disciples' feet. There was a sombre tone to this particular night because Jesus had mentioned that he was about to die. Uh, On top of that, he said to Judas that you will betray me. On top of that, he told Peter that Peter would deny him 
three times. There was a very sombre tone to this particular statement that Jesus makes. But that's why he starts with this statement. Let your heart not be troubled. You see, that particular night, there was bad news all around them, which is not unlike our situation in which we live today. If you turn on the news today, you will see bad news all around us. You've only got to look at the American election, uh, presidential election right now and you will see disaster, train wreck. You will see trouble all around. I mean, people are scratching their head and asking what on earth is going on. Trouble is all around us. It is everywhere because this world is spinning out of control. We live in troubled times and troubled times lead to troubled hearts. But there is a difference between facing trouble and being troubled. You see, Jesus was a man of sorrows. He faced many troubles. But he was also known as a man of peace, the Prince of Peace. And so he knew how to find peace in troubled times. And it's from this platform, Jesus is seeking to arrest the attention of the disciples in their troubles. And it's to this, I want to arrest our attention today, that in the midst of our troubles, peace can be found. And the reason peace can be found is because of a relationship with God. See, when you know God the Father, you can know peace. And the good news is this, that we can indeed know the Father. And the way to get to know Him is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus seeks to bring peace in our troubled times by highlighting three things about the Father and we wanna look at them this morning. The first thing Jesus highlights is this, by showing us the way to the Father's house. By showing us the way to the Father's house. See, Jesus always had an eternal perspective. Heaven was in fact His home. And heaven always determined all of the decisions that Jesus made. Everything Jesus did on planet earth was temporal. We see that on the night of the Last Supper, it was in a borrowed home. We see on His way to the, uh, His death, He was on a borrowed donkey. We see the grave in which he was placed. It was a borrowed grave. There was nothing permanent here on earth for Jesus Christ because heaven was his home. And heaven determined everything he said and everything he did. It determined every decision that he made. Jesus was governed and ruled by an eternal perspective. He lived with eternity in mind and he encourages us to do the same. The truth is we would be less troubled if we viewed all things with an eternal perspective. C.S. Lewis says this, if we aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you will get neither. Let me say that again. If you aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you will get neither. See, you and I, we need to start to think of heaven as home. Everyone say home. See, we think of heaven as a cloud with a harp. And if you're anything like me, sitting on a cloud for all eternity playing a harp, of which I don't even like the sound of, is not appealing to me. And I'm sure it's not appealing to you. But heaven is never painted in that light in the Scriptures. Heaven is painted as a home. And we need to think of heaven as a home. 
And when you think of home, you think of warmth. You think of inviting. You think of comfort. You think of joy, laughter. You think of intimacy. You think of friendships and you think of family. And so when we think of heaven, we've got to think of heaven as our home and not just a cloud and a harp. But heaven is indeed our home. The reality is that heaven is our real home. C.S. Lewis again goes on to say this, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. You see, if you find yourself not presently satisfied, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The trouble is with human nature, with that dissatisfaction, we seek to find it in something else. And so if we've got a small home, we think we're unsatisfied because we need a bigger home. And so we seek a bigger home. And when we get our bigger home, we realise actually we're just as unsatisfied. And then we think it's because we've got a new home, but we don't have a new car, so we need a new car. And then we find when we've got the new car, we're not as satisfied as we thought we would be because those things alone will never satisfy our hunger and our desire that God has put in us And while we are here on planet Earth, we will always have a sense, a healthy sense of dissatisfaction because none of us were made to make this our home. Our home is in heaven and we will never be truly satisfied until we find ourselves in heaven with God the Father in His family. And so this unhealthy satisfaction is not necessarily a bad thing if we understand what it really is. And it's in this context Jesus goes on to say, I am the way to the Father. And this statement is what divides a lot of people and causes a lot of confusion and anger. And this statement alone is what separates Christianity from every other religion. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life and nobody comes to the Father except through me, people struggle with that. And the reason they struggle with it is because they don't understand that heaven is not a destination. See, when you have a destination, you can go different ways. If you have a destination to go on holiday to Melbourne this summer, then you could go the Great Ocean Roadway and take a little bit longer and have a scenic route. Or you can say, forget that. I just want to get there as quick as possible and go inland and get there as soon as you possibly can. You can go different ways when you're talking about a destination. But Christianity is not a destination. Christianity is a person. And this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. The person determines the way. Christianity is not a destination, it's a person. And the person gets the right to determine which way. Let me explain it this way. I've just come back from New Zealand. I've been in relationship with Paul and Marie Dion and the Life Church for the last four years. But four years ago, I had no interaction with them whatsoever. I just had a desire to get to know Paul. My, des- my destination was not New Zealand. My destination was a person. I wanted to get to know Paul. And so he made a way possible for me. He said, why don't you just come to New Zealand? And he made a way for me to get to know him. The destination was New Zealand, but that was not the purpose. The purpose was to get to know the person, the person of Pastor Paul Dion. And he made a way for me. He said, why don't you just get on a plane, come to New Zealand, and I'd love to spend some quality time with you. 
I did that, and for the last four years, we've been building on that friendship. It's been an incredible friendship. But can you imagine if I had said four years ago, uh, Paul, I don't want to come to New Zealand. Paul, I don't want to sit on a plane for X amount of hours. That sounds boring to me. And I certainly don't want to pay the price to get to see you. Do you know if I did not choose his way to get to him, we would never have built a relationship? See, the person gets to determine the, desti- uh, the, the process. And God in his infinite wisdom has chosen a way in order for us to get to know him. See, the relationship is opened up from the inside and he gets to determine his way. And God says that his way to him is through his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son and his son was offered as a sacrifice for our freedom. His son was displaced in order that we might be placed in his home in heaven. His son was forsaken in order that we might be forgiven. And so God says, you want to come to me, then come to me this way. And this way is through accepting and receiving my son. God gets the prerogative to choose the way because he's the person that we seek to be with. See, heaven is not the destination. Heaven is no good if God wasn't there. It's because God is there that we want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to heaven if God's not there. We want to go to heaven because that's where God is. Christianity is not a destination, it's a person. And that person gets to determine the way. And the way to God the Father is through His Son, Jesus Christ. So He's showing us the way to the Father's house. Secondly, He's revealing the truth about the Father's heart. The question I want to give to you or propose to you this morning is simply this. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus Christ come to planet Earth? Some might say, to forgive us of our sins. And you would be right, but that's not essentially why He came. Some might say, to bring healing to our physical bodies. And and you would be right, but that's not ultimately why He came. And you can come up with any other notions, but all of those things would just be the means to an end. The purpose For Jesus coming, the primary reason is simply to find personal relationship. You know, I I love biographies or autobiographies. And and when I'm on holiday, I like to get one of those and read about somebody I I, I, uh, admire or want to learn or or whatever, grow something about their knowledge of who they are. And and so I often do that. And one particular book I remember reading, I was fascinated, was Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, biography. And it talked about him being a young man and becoming a bodybuilder and becoming a movie star and then becoming a politician. It's just a fascinating read for me because I, I admire everything that he's done at that level. Quite amazing story. And uh, can you imagine for a moment if I was able to go to a book signing where Arnold Schwarzenegger himself would sign my book, but not only that, but he would give me two hours of his time where I could have a one-on-one moment with him to ask any question that I wanted. And imagine if I said, uh, no, nah, I'm not interested. I've got the book. <laughs> Can you imagine me turning down a moment 
whereby I could see Him face to face and talk to Him face to face and I turned it down just because I had the book. You would say, Tony, you are crazy. Are you kidding me? Giving up a moment to get to know Arnold Schwarzenegger just because you've read the book? Because you would know there'd be something that I'd be able to glean from Him by being with Him that I could never get in the book. And that's why Jesus came in order for us to get to know the Father. See, the Bible teaches us about God. And with all due respect to the Bible, it's just a book. But Jesus makes that book come alive because He showed us what the Father is like. Until Jesus came, they just had words on a page, but Jesus came to show the disciples and ultimately the world what the Father actually was like in real life, in real time. He showed us what the Father was like. See, many people think that God is a little mean and a little grumpy. He's that old man that sits on a cloud with a long beard and a stick. And he's usually got a frown on his face. If you ask most people what they think God's like, they kind of have imagery, something like that. And maybe some of you still have that imagery in your head about who God is. And so Jesus came to show us what the Father was like and to reveal the Father's heart. And He did that in many ways. He did it in the way He lived His life. He did it in the way He told the stories. He did it in the way He spoke and did miracles. When He told the story of the prodigal son, we call it the prodigal son, but ultimately it's about the good father. And Jesus was trying to show His disciples and show the world that God is a good father that will receive you and accept you and love you and welcome you back into His home. Jesus showed us what the father was like. When that woman was caught in the act of adultery and the religious people were wanting to put her to death, Jesus interrupted and He defended this woman and He showed us what the Father was like. And He spoke kindness to this woman and He showed us what the Father was like. And He forgave this woman and He showed us what the Father was like. When Jesus turned the water into wine, He showed us what the Father was like. In turning the water into wine, Jesus was protecting the host of the party because it's embarrassing to run out of wine when you're hosting a party. And Jesus was protecting the host. But He didn't just protect the host with some cheap wine. No, no, no. He actually turned this water into the best wine. And in so doing, He was showing us what the Father is like, that the Father is not a stingy party pooper God, but He's a loving God, a forgiving God a celebratory God, a protecting God, a nurturing God. And Jesus showed us all those attributes and qualities of the Father. See, God is generous, God is gracious, and God is a happy God. And the more you know Jesus, the more you'll know the Father. And that's why Jesus, in a perplexed way, said to Philip, He says, How long must I be with you, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? And it's easy for us to read that and think, yeah, Philip, what were you thinking? But I think Philip represents most of us today. 
that we go to church every week, year after year after year. We read our Bibles day after day after day. We pray all the time and yet we don't get to know who Jesus really is. Is it because we don't do things His way? See, in order to get to know somebody, going back to our first point, you've got to do it their way. You've got to approach them their way. But if it's just on my time schedule and Jesus, I'm going to read, but I've only got five minutes and you better show up. And if you don't show up in five minutes and we can do that year after year, day after day, week after week, month after month. And I feel like Jesus is saying to some of us here today, how long must you be with me? And yet you don't know me. It can't just be Philip. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says, I keep asking, which is part of his daily prayer, that God, the Lord of our Jesus, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. Yeah. It's not just about going to church, that's not the goal. Yes. It's not about just reading our Bible, that's not the goal. You can go to church, you can read your Bible, you can pray, you can tithe and still not know Him. You can be married, go to the same home, live in the same bedroom and go to work and raise children and still not know your wife. Because there's an intimacy that must happen. There must be a a, a conversational exchange. And, And I believe Jesus in coming to planet Earth, His desire was that He may make the Father's heart known. And I don't know what your experience with church life is like. I don't know what your experience about God or religion is like. But Jesus shone a light on the Father and showed us what He's really like. And He's a lover of people. And He wants to spend life with you. He doesn't want to just do Bible studies with you. He doesn't want to just do church with you. He wants to do life with you and He wants to do life with me. And thirdly, He's giving us life through the Father's help. He shows us the way to the Father's house. He reveals the truth about the Father's heart. But He also gives us life through the Father's help. See, troubled times can leave us feeling helpless. Troubled times can make us feel paralysed with fear. Particularly when you turn on the news in this day and dispensation, And there are a lot of older Christians that aren't being too wise and we've got to be careful of what we say because we are scaring our younger people. And we've got to be careful what we say because we've got to be a people who can offer hope even in troubled times. But troubled times do cause us to fear and become paralysed. And God in His infinite wisdom knew this and so He gave us a gift to help us and that gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, God doesn't want you just to know about Him, but He wants you to experience Him. He wants you to be able to do life with Him and experience Him in real life. 
and have real life encounters with the living God. And so he gave us this advocate, this one that would live with us and not forsake us and be with us at every moment and every day. And it's the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, who is with us, empowering us to help us. And in him being present, he does a couple of things while he's with us. As the band come up, that'd be great. The first thing he does, he reveals the presence of the Father. The Holy Spirit in our life gives us the opportunity to experience God as Father. You know, I know a number of people who've had the privilege of being able to adopt a young baby. And I remember the cause for celebration that was around the day that it all became legal. The legal documentation came through whereby that child was no longer just a child, but it was their child. According to the law, it was their child. That was a day of great celebration. But you know, there was a moment, and I've seen this on many occasions. There is a moment that supersedes that joy where that adoption was legalised. And that's the day that young child grows old enough to be able to share the words, Mum and Dad. The word Mum and Dad supersede the day where it was all legitimised and the paperwork was finalised. Because no parent wants their child to go around and say, do you realise I am illegally adopted? And showing the paper, that, that's, that's not how family's done. It's, it's not how family is done. And Jesus never had in mind that we'd walk around saying, I'm a Christian, look, I wear a cross. No, Jesus waits with God the Father in heaven. And they wait for that day where we have such an understanding of who God the Father is. That we're not just talking about God out there somewhere. We've gone past our old English language, like our Father who art in heaven. We've gone past the ritual. We've got past the churchianity. We've got past playing games. And through the Holy Spirit's active involvement in our lives and our eyes being opened to the fact that He's not just a distant God out there somewhere. No, He's our Heavenly Father. And the Bible says that we can come confidently into the throne room of grace with boldness and courage and look Him in the eye and say, Daddy, Abba, Father. And that moment brings a smile to our Heavenly Father's face as it would a natural father. Because no natural father wants to be known as the legal guardian of my life. Paperwork to prove it. No, 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 we want something more intimate than that. And the Holy Spirit is what brings that intimacy. And so in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of all this trouble, we have a relationship with God the Father that supersedes our problems and brings peace and it brings joy in the midst of the rubbish that we deal with on a daily basis. The second thing it goes on to say is that the Holy Spirit in our life empowers us to do even greater work.
Not only does it reveal the presence of the Father, but it also empowers us to do even greater works. Whereby we, who've been adopted into the Father's house, now have the opportunity through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to go and reveal the Father to an orphaned world. To go and reveal the Father to a broken world. To go and reveal the Father to a scared and frightened world. It's not a time to sit down. It's not a time to settle down. It's not a time to stay small. It's a time for us to embrace the largeness of this large God that indwells us through His Holy Spirit to reveal the Father to an orphaned world. What a privilege. What an honour. What a joy that we have to be able to partner with Him. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And he said that statement in troubled times. And I want to say to you, in some of the troubles that you may be facing, Jesus is still the way. He's the way to the Father's house. To all of you who are in trouble, feel scared and perplexed. He's the way. And He's not only still the way, but He's still the truth. He's still able to reveal the truth about the Father's heart and who He really is. Don't allow the troubles to rob you of who the Father is because God is here today to reveal God the Father to us. And just as He did it some 2,000 years ago, He's doing it here today. And He's still the one who's bringing life. Life with a capital L. Life to the max. And He's empowering us through the Holy Spirit, which is the help of the Father. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.